may be seated, I'd invite you to turn to 956 in that pew Bible or to 1 Corinthians 12 in your copy of your scripture, if you would. We're going to get to that in just a moment. That's what you want to hear. You want to hear from God and God's Word today as we consider a meaningful worship. This week I had a couple of, of funerals, and the obituaries were pretty short on both of those funerals, and I was thinking about that. I was thinking, what would I want my obituary to look like? And every time I think about those kind of matters, I, I get a little mixed vibe. I don't know what I want to completely say or be said about me. <laughs> I don't want people to be too honest, you know. I want people to be truthful, but not, not too much so. And then we always try to say good words about people in those things. And I always remember a, a story about a guy named Alfred Nobel. You may not know that name or you may know that name, but Alfred Nobel saw his obituary prematurely in the newspaper. And he was the inventor of dynamite, and and under the caption of his obituary, it said, the merchant of death is dead. He'd made a fortune inventing dynamite, and dynamite had caused so much destruction and loss of life. And he saw that the merchant of death Death is dead. And he determined that he was going to do something better with his life. And so he bequeathed, he gave all his money to the Nobel Peace Prize, the Nobel Prize for Chemistry or Medicine, all those prizes that are funded through an endowment that he gave his riches to because he didn't want to be known that way. And I wondered about myself and about you, what do you want to be known for? What do you want to give your life to? And as I was considering all of that, I was just considering how time is the great equator for all of us. You may have more money or more giftedness than another or than me, but you don't have any more time than I do. And we sometimes think about meaningful services. I'm going to do that later. We, we think about things of that nature. I, I was considering one of those, young, one of those men had been a a member of this church since 1969, over 50 years. And if I called his name, you, you might not even know him because he hadn't been involved in so long. And I wondered, what makes membership in this church or membership in the body of Christ meaningful to people? It's involvement, service, it's connectedness. So I encourage you, if, if all you do is come on Sunday mornings, Find a place of of ministry. Find a place to connect. We talked about relationships last week and how important that is to connect in those life groups. And maybe you've found a good one or maybe you haven't. Maybe we need to start some more. But it's the people that matter, that are so meaningful, but it's also your involvement and your connectedness. We're going to talk in just a moment uh, about spiritual gifts, but I want to talk about the time that we have for just a moment. Let's, let's just consider a number for a second. A billion. That's a big number, is it not? A billion seconds ago. Let's, let's frame it this way. Everybody who's 30 and under, would you stand for just a moment? 30 and under. 30 and under. 30 and under. 30, there's, a, there's some folks up there. 30 and under, I see you, I see you up there, 30 and under. None of these folks were here a billion seconds ago. 
You can sit down. Because a billion seconds ago was like 31 years ago. And, and that was 1989. That was the year Jennifer and I had our first date in 1989. I remember that day so fondly. And so when we think about what was going on in the world in 1989, think about this. We are, are closer to 2050 than we are 1989. That's a billion seconds ago. A billion seconds ago, the San Francisco 49ers are about that period of time were playing in the Super Bowl in Miami. Some things don't change. But they weren't playing the Kansas City Chiefs. They were playing the last place team in our days, the Cincinnati Bengals. Joe Montana. Anybody ever heard of Joe Montana? Yeah, you're old. And we think about that. That's a billion seconds ago. A billion minutes ago, Jesus was on this earth. That's a big number, is it not? Why I frame that is this. I, I want you to consider this for just a moment. If through some miraculous benefactor, you were given $86,400 a day with this stipulation. At midnight, it would be deposited in your account, and by the next midnight, it's going to be spent or you lose it all. No carryovers. No saving up. Yet every day we were given 86,400 seconds to spend well and to spend wisely. What are you doing with that 86,400 seconds? What are you investing your time in? See how precious our life is? See how important it is to give it to something that is, is valuable in this when we, we look at what we're going to look at today, we're reminded of what the poet says, only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. Can you imagine some 2.6 billion seconds ago when Denver and Opal took those vows? That's a long time ago. And when we think about it in those terms. But what are you going to do with your 86,400 seconds the rest of this day and tomorrow. And that's what we're talking about, this meaningful surface, service, this meaningful life that you have and I have to give to the things of the Lord, to give to the things that He has created us for, that He has shaped us for. And so we look at 1 Corinthians 12, and this is just a piece of all of that. I hope you had that outline on the back of your bulletin because we're going to look at how God has shaped you because that's what you ought to be about. That's what you ought to give yourself to. We tell our children, you can be anything you want to be. And what do we mean by that? We mean, well, we want you to, to work hard, and, and we want you to give full effort, and we want you to have hopes and dreams, and, and we want you to improve yourselves, and you, we want you to be educated, and we want you to do all of what you can do to be whatever you think you want to be. But that's a lie. Our children can't be anything they want to be. You think about that for just a moment. You think they're going to be a, uh, the center on an NBA basketball team? No, you pretty much have to be seven foot tall to do that. And most of our children aren't going to be seven foot tall. 
You think they can be an accountant if they can't do math and can't, don't do anything with numbers? You think they can be a farmer if they hate dirt? <laughs> Our children can't be anything they want to be. But here's what I know. They can be everything God wants them to be. You can be everything God wants you to be. And that's what we're talking about, young people today. But it's not just the young people that we're talking to. It's all of us, and we all need to consider our shape. If I were a senior adult cramming for the final, I would want to make sure that I'm being faithful to what God has given me in this life and the rest of the life that God has given me so that I'm faithful in the end. And so at least if I haven't been faithful to the end, I've been faithful at the end and say, Lord, I, I, I missed it somewhere along the way. But at the end, I was finishing well. And so we give ourselves to that today. And we're starting by looking at 1 Corinthians 7. Would you stand in honor? I'm sorry, 1 Corinthians 12, verses 1 through 11. 1 Corinthians 12. Now, dear brothers and sisters, this is a troubled church Paul is writing to. But he still calls them dear brothers and sisters. Regarding your questions about the spiritual abilities, the spirit gives you. He's talking about spiritual gifts here. I don't want you to misunderstand this. You know that when you were still pagans, you were led astray and swept along in worshiping speechless idols. So I want you to know that no one speaking by the Spirit of God will curse Jesus. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same Spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it is the same God who does the work in all of us. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so that we can help each other. To one person, the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. To another, the same Spirit gives a message of special knowledge. The same Spirit gives great faith to another. And to someone else, the one Spirit gives the gift of healing. He gives one person the power to perform miracles and another the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether uh, a message is from the Spirit of God or from another spirit. Still another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages, while another is given the ability to interpret what is being said. It is the one and only Spirit who distributes all these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person, each person should give. Father, I pray that you'd show us today who we are, who you've created us to be. And from that knowledge, Lord, many of us already have a good idea. But from that knowledge, Lord, you'd show us the next step, what you want us to do, how you want us to plug in to your kingdom's work. Help us, Lord, live lives that matter, that make a difference, that change our world. In your holy name we pray. Amen.
Remember, that's your task and my task is to change your world. We don't have to change the world, but we are called to change your world. And so on average, you have 8 to 15 people in your oikos and your sphere of influence that you can have a huge impact on. And they will be impacted when they see you uh, being who God has created you to be and being everything that God has created you to be. And so as we look at this together, would you consider how you'll prepare to help reach the other folks in your life, to help reach your children and your grandchildren and your neighbors and your students and your um, work associates? How is God going to use you through the preparation of what we look at today? I want to begin by looking at just this whole idea of spiritual gifts. And spiritual gifts are different than abilities because spiritual gifts are what God gives us when we're saved. So we have certain abilities that we receive when we are born, and we have certain gifts that we are given when we are born again. And those things are given to us by the Spirit of God, not for our own gratification. They're given to us so that we'll be good stewards of what God has given us and so that we'll serve other folks and build up the body of Christ. Do you realize we're only as strong as you are in using your gifts for the Lord? That this church is only as healthy as you are in being used by the almighty hand of God and His Spirit and employing, using how He's gifted you. And so when we define spiritual gifts, it's a little bit different. I want to give you this definition. It's a God-given special ability given to get every believer. Did you notice verse 11? He alone decides which gift each person should have. And verse 7 a spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. The message says it this way in 1 Corinthians 12, 7. Each person is given something to do that shows, that shows who God is. Everyone gets in on it. Everyone benefits. So if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, if you know that He's your Lord, and Savior, you have a spiritual gift. But you might not know that gift. You might not know what God wants you to do and who he wants you to be. And so this is the discovery process. I'd encourage you a couple of things. But I want to, in honor of Martin Luther King Day this last week, I wanted to show, show you this quote from Martin Luther King. It said, life's most persistent and urgent question is this. What are you doing for others? You know this life is not all about you. We talk about that all the, all the time, but as we think about that question, what are we doing for others? What are we doing for the Lord? And what are we doing for other people? Because that's the purpose he's placed us here for. He's placed us here to do what Jesus did, to seek and to save those who are lost, to love God and to love other people. And so what are we doing to serve other people? What are we doing for others? So as we think about that, I, I want to show a resource to you, and I want to, to remind you of this. It's called Shape. It's a guy by, a name, by the name of Eric Reese. I have an extra book, and if you are, are in-depth wanting to, to dive into this, and we're going to have a sermon series on this a little bit after Easter as we look at the, the preaching schedule, I'd encourage you to look at this. I, and this book is for the first person who comes up and me, promises they'll read this book. And so it'll help you unpack this whole idea of shape, and that's where we got this acrostic. The, 
the first thing is on your outline is this idea of spiritual gifts. What has God gifted me with? What has God given me? And we know the gifts that have come as spiritual gifts. We know they're, they're from God when the first thing we know is that they bring honor and glory to Jesus. Did you notice what Paul says as he discusses this, his, the, regarding, the question regarding spiritual gifts or abilities? He says, no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. And that's the first thing I want you to see about spiritual gifts is that they would bring glory to Jesus. They're not for ourselves. They're not for selfish purposes. They're not to, to bring the spotlight upon ourselves. Now, there are prominent gifts. Some worship team leaders are before you all the time. Ricky comes up here and makes those great announcements at the end of the service and he is the minister of announcements at that period of time, and, and we appreciate that. very. He, he uses his, his gifts and abilities that way. Brad, obviously, is the vocalist. He's a leader. They're, they're prominent, sort of, our worship team. I, I wanted to remind you, there's another thing we celebrate this week. A, a member of our worship team, Katie Duncan, and her husband, Doug. Doug didn't do it much this week, but Katie had a baby this week, and so we uh, would celebrate that with him. I think his name is Nathan. Nathan, what was his name? Douglas, wasn't it? Named after his dad, Nathan Douglas. Um, just a pause. Just put that on pause for just a moment. 22 inches long, 7 pounds, 15 ounces. Encourage them this week. Might, might encourage them with a casserole or something. We've got some of that lined up. Isn't it wonderful that we can celebrate those kind of things? Some of you have that kind of spiritual gift of encouragement. You can employ that. And so when we think about spiritual gifts, it's what... Is God going to do through me? And so as we, we look at that, it glorifies Jesus. We know it comes there. And it also unites us with the triune God. Did you notice in verse 4 through 6, there are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit. Different kinds of service, verse 5, but the same Lord, same Jesus. There are different kinds of, our, our God works in different ways, verse 6, but the same God. Unites us his plan and his purposes isn't it amazing God wants to use you God wants to use me that is amazing to me just turn to the person on your left and say you're amazing God wants to use you yeah turn to the person on your right and say you're amazing too God wants to use you too you're amazing. And, and God has gifted you for greatness. And, and I want to give you several passages that you can look at later, but kind of list these gifts and so that you dive in to God's Word and say, well, what is my gift? Four different uh, sections. That Romans 12, 6 through 8, we're going to study that in depth as we get back to our study of Romans next week. We're not going to study that passage, but we're getting back to Romans next week. And in 1 Corinthians, this passage lists some of those things. You saw them specifically, verses 8 through 10, and then verse 28, there are lists of spiritual gifts. These are not exhaustive, but they are examples of the things that God has gifted us to do. And in Ephesians 4.11 and 1 Peter 4. 9 through 10. We don't have time to cover all of those, but I, I want you to jot those references down so that you look at them. There are 
or some 20 spiritual gifts listed. And I I do want to list those for you. So if you got a a shorthand, uh, take that. If not, just listen for just a moment. 20 of them. Administration, apostleship, discernment, encouragement, evangelism, faith, giving, healing, helping, hospitality, interpretation, knowledge, leadership, mercy, miracles, pastoring, prophecy, teaching, tongues, and wisdom. Some of those you covered today in your uh, life group lesson, those that were were listed here in 1 Corinthians 12. But some of you uh, don't know anything about any of that. You're starting at the ground level. That's okay. Hang in there with us. We want to help you, and we'll give you resources that will help you discover who God has created you and gifted you to be. Because there's other parts of this. We think about, well, I don't know what he, how he's gifted me. How can I serve? That's why we're studying his word. That's why we're digging deep. But there's other parts that you would readily know about your shape. And that's the, the second thing I want you to see is your heart. What do you have a passion for? Or who do you have a passion for? Let's think about some of those things. What do you, what do you love? When your mind just drips, drifts off and during the sermon or whatever, what, what does it drift off toward? What do you think about when you daydream? That's probably some of your passion. You think about golf or fishing or cross-stitching or purses or shoes. Guys, if you're thinking about cross-stitching or purses or shoes, I'm a little worried about you. And so when you think about whatever it is, how can you leverage what you love? And then the, the people that you care about. Is it teens? Most certainly it's your oikos, it's your family. But is it children? Is it senior adults? Or is, is it addicts? Or is it a certain people group or nationality what's on your heart who do you love what do you love you ever considered why you like the things you like why do some of us like chocolate some of us are allergic why does some of us like any sort of food and not like other things some of us like to work, and some of us try to avoid work, and so all those things. Why? Some of that is our sinfulness, but on the positive side of that, much of that is the way God has shaped us. The third thing is ability. What do you naturally excel at? You think about this for just a moment. Again, there are scriptures that would. Uh, we would consider here, as we look at the, the scripture that we would consider about our abilities, it's re- related very much to spiritual gifts, except these things happen, these things happen not uh, at our new birth, our spiritual birth, but at our actual birth. What are we naturally good at? Some of us are natural athletes. Right, Jacob? You're a natural athlete. You just, it just comes easy to you. Some of us work real hard at it. Right, Ashton? You think? Some of us are good at music. Some of us are good at art. Some of us are mechanically inclined. 
How do we leverage the gifts and abilities that God has naturally given us for His glory? How can we use those things? How can we operate in our sweet spot according to our shape? You see, you can be a teacher and not like kids, but it's a miserable experience for you and for them. Right? You know, administrators, you know that happens. And it's not a good thing. And so when we think about where we want to operate, sometimes we've got to operate outside of our sweet spot, but we operate best and we find most life and we find most meaning in life and meaning in service when we operate in the midst of our sweet spot. And so there's a sweet spot for you to serve the kingdom of God and His church. I wonder, have you found that sweet spot? Because you see, in church and, and in life in general, some of us are, are givers. and We love those kind of people to be around those kind of people. And then some of us, and maybe this is one of the great downfalls of our nation, are simply takers. It's not what we're giving to our nation or our church or our community. It's what we're always about. What's in it for us? Taking. So you've got to ask yourself what you're going to be. A giver or a taker? How are you going to use your abilities? And how can you use your abilities? The, the fourth thing is personality. We all have a certain way we do this. A certain way that God has shaped us. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. And God's got a design for all of us. And really, our personality has to do with two primary things. How we interact with other people. Are we extroverts or introverts? Do we like large crowds or do we like small groups? Or, or do we, we uh, interact in competitive ways or do we interact in cooperative ways? How we deal with people. And the, the second aspect of that is how we deal with opportunities. Are we high-risk people or low-risk? Do we like a, a variety of things to do or, or do we like routine? And we're all wired just a little bit different and God knows how he has hardwired you. And you probably know if you've lived any time at all how you are hardwired as well. And God never, uh, I should say not never, but God tends not to operate outside your shape. He tends to, to use you the way he's designed you if you'll let him. There are times we have to operate outside. But most of the time, he's got a plan. And he wants you to be a part of it. And the last part of that is experiences. Experiences. Certain educational experiences that you go through, that you're learning, they're important, young people. You ever ask the question, why do we have to know this? Is this going to be on the test? You know? To broaden your minds, young people. You may never use those, that information. You might. But you will use your mind. I hope you'll use your mind. And that needs to be broadened. And your educational experiences need to be broadened. And so do your vocational experiences. And so do your relational experiences, your family and friends. And all those things, God is shaping you to be who he wants you to be. But you know how he shapes us most often and most deeply, I'm convinced? It's through the painful experiences. 
and he walks with us through it. You're struggling in your marriage. There's somebody that struggled before you. Maybe your marriage ended. There's somebody that marriage ended before yours did that can help you, help reconnect you to life and love. Maybe you've dealt with cancer. God didn't put you through all that chemo just so you could be tortured. He put you through that so you could guide somebody else through the next one because there is a next one, you know. And that's where your ministry comes from. And that's where your service is the sweetest. Will you let God use you? The great African hunter, and I'll close with this, who was crossing the plains in Africa and came across a little boy uh, who was standing on top of a rhino. And the hunter asked him, how did you kill that that rhino? And he said, "I, I killed it with a club. And the hunter said, well, how big was your club? And all these other little boys came out of the woods. He said, my club is about 100 or so. <laughs> Any time we join the service club, together we are better. And we can have this meaningful service if we all play our role. So I would invite you, this is what I want more than anything else, for you to understand that we are in this together. We will discover, uncover your spiritual gift and your shape together. Will you go on that journey? Because there's some very specific things I want to invite you to. Areas of service. I'm not going to twist your arm. That's not how we operate around here. But I want you to know about these needs. And on Wednesday nights, we have like 50 to 60 children upstairs in a game room that we need some help with. Should we tell about half of those children, y'all don't come on Wednesday nights anymore. We don't want you to hear about Jesus. You're too rowdy. You're too wild. We, We want you to sit down in this little seat and pay attention the whole time and don't act like a third grader. Or do we have people, adult people, who love children enough to give an hour a month an hour every two months, depending on how many we get. We need two or three more a week. So if we got 20, that'd be an hour every two months or so. You have an hour every two months or so that you can love on children. Do you love children enough? Is that where your heart is? No matter what you're doing already, I understand we're all busy, but remember we had those same 86,400 seconds. We're all equal. It's not going to get any less busy. But if you can help us on Wednesday night, please please tell me, tell Ricky, tell Sandy, tell uh, Bailey. We can tell Bess. We can help you find a place to serve in a meaningful way, loving children on Wednesday night. Second thing is we we got a huge facility. We are so blessed. Isn't this a wonderful place? It's a wonderful place. I tell people all the time when they come to our church and talk about how beautiful this place is, I I say, I'm just trying not to mess it up. Trying to help lead them. Because you guys 
have made this a wonderful, beautiful place to worship in. There's places all over this campus, though, that need filters changed and light bulbs changed and, and maintenance done. And, and we have a property committee of nine people. Property committee, I don't know how many of you are here today. But I, I know some of you are. Cody is our chairman. Cody Freeman, would you stand? And Saul's on that. He's a, a new member of that. Cecil Robles, not here. He's at Emmaus. He's on that. Uh, Brent Eady's on that. He's a new member of that. Yeah, rest of the property committee. Uh, Lynette uh, Espinosa still on that. Would you stand for just a moment? And Gwen uh, is up there. Um, if you can help in any sort of way with changing light bulbs or raking leaves or organizing the bus barn or, or any of those kind of simple sort of things. We'll have work days from time to time. You guys can sit. Thank you so much for serving. But the, the nine of them can't do all of this. We need people. You know, there are times I wish we didn't have a building. I, just, I wish we'd meet out on grass. Don't y'all? We do that about once a year out at the park. Encourage it, but, but we... For the most part, we want a place where we can gather together and grow together and serve together. And it takes a lot to keep this old facility updated and new and be good stewards of what God has blessed us with. And here's the final thing, I, final opportunity I want you to know about. This summer, we're going to, to Reno, Nevada. There were some things up in the air about that, but I talked to Terry Fred this week, and we're going. Whether we can get five or ten or... 20 or however many, we're going to go do outreach, but we're also going to go do construction. There'll be something for everyone on this trip. Terry Fred started a, a work there, Destiny Center, downtown Reno, Nevada. You ever heard of Lake Tahoe? Pretty close to that. Beautiful place. Some of you have been there. Some of you can go there with us this summer and minister to the needs of Destiny Center. They have a huge new facility we've given to, and now we get to be involved in. July 12th through 18th. Mark that on your calendars. We, we nailed those dates down. It's like the second full week of July. We need plumbers. We need um, electricians. We need woodworkers. We need uh, child care workers. We need outreach people. We need people who will love people, people who will work with children, all sorts of things. Opportunities. Serve. Grow. Go. Be part of the club. Let's pray together. Father, I know your spirit has gifted us as a body of believers. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Father, I know also there are people in this place who never do anything but come and sit, soak. They may give a little. They may give a lot. Lord, we thank you for the way you've gifted them in that area. But we also know, Lord, you, you want us to display your love. You want us to show people how much they matter to you and to build up your body, to expand your kingdom, to enlarge your family. Help us. Help us know how to find our spot, our sweet spot to serve you. In your holy name we pray. Amen.